Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Evolvepreneur Secret Show for Entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Brian Silverthorne, and my mission, as always, is to help entrepreneurs make the differences they want to make in their businesses and uh, navigate the sometimes messy worlds of startup growth or relaunch. And today we're going to dig deep with our guest and get you the best concepts and strategies to fast track your business. And today our special guest is Samantha Burmeister, and Samantha is the founder and lead copywriter of Nomad Copy Agency. And I'm sure there's a lot involved in that business that uh, she would be better to explain than I would. So welcome to the show, Samantha. Thanks, Brian. And if you would mind, tell us a little bit more about your business and, and tell us uh, how you got to this point. For sure. So as you mentioned, I'm the founder and lead copywriter of Nomad Copy Agency, and Nomad comes from my lifestyle. I've been full-time nomad for the last three years, typically um, just chasing Wi-Fi around the globe. Obviously, in some years, it's been a little easier than others to do that, but um, I write really great sales copy for service providers. Specifically, that sales copy looks like their websites and launch copy, um, which can often be a daunting task for folks. So something that I'm happy to do and happy to take off of people's plates. And most importantly for myself personally is that I can do it from anywhere I want to be. Yeah, that's that's it. There's a there's a lot more of that going on. People mm -hmm. wandering the world. Actually, I let I read a, a short article this morning about some companies are requiring uh, employees now to take a month, uh, two months a year, it, one in the in the spring, one in the fall, and go work from wherever they want to work. So yes. maybe there's some uh, some benefit to that. So what it, what inspired you to get into this particular business? Have you done this for a long time? In different capacities, it's one of those things where I look back at my journey and it makes complete sense that I'm where I am now. But I certainly didn't see it happening as I was in the thick of it. So. I have degrees in marketing, international business, and French. And out of school, I went to work for a um, an IT company followed by an IT research company, and I was in both of their sales departments. So I was getting really, really solid sales experience. Uh, it was very data-based and very psychology-based. So I was, um, I kind of call it like grad school for sales. And I was really successful at it. But as it goes with a lot of entrepreneurs, I got burnt out on hustling for someone else. Um, and during that time, I was writing a lot. I was blogging. I was uh, doing a travel blog for working women so that they could do what I was doing, which was visiting. Um, I was visiting an average of eight countries, new to me countries per year, while fully employed, only getting 15 to 20 days of PTO. So I combined my writing experience with my sales experience uh, just over three years ago and took the show on the road and I've been traveling and working for myself ever since. Wow. That's a, that's a pretty fascinating journey. Good for you. So Yeah, it's been exciting. Good, good. So what do you like most about what you're doing now? I really love the people that I get to work with and I know that sounds like such a cliche, but... I get to learn so much from the coolest people. Like I get off call, calls with my clients and I feel so energized by my work and by what we get to accomplish together. Um, that's the thing with entrepreneurs is they're so mission driven and so attached to their outcomes that they love looking at the data. They love talking about what they do. 
And they're so excited and grateful for me to be able to help them translate what they do to the masses when it comes to having their copy speak for them when they aren't around to be the face of their businesses. Well, I, I, I don't think it's cliche, even though it sounds cliche. (laughs) (laughs) So actually uh, it's very similar for me. I get to talk to a lot of, of entrepreneurs with vastly different experiences from different parts all around the world. Recently it was Australia, Nigeria, and, mm-hmm. and other places I've talked with folks. So it's really, I, re- I really enjoy learning their perspective and, and, and what they do. Um, so obviously you're not only doing this to allow yourself some freedom and to express yourself with, with what you're good at, but you got to uh, earn a couple of bucks while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. So uh, how does your uh, ideal client find you? My ideal clients find me mostly through referrals. I'm lucky that my clients tend to have teams helping them launch, whether it be launching their websites or launching a new product or service or idea. Um, So most of the folks that I work with, we end up really vibing together. And those VAs, designers, uh, project managers, or the entrepreneur themselves will have a blast. And then the next time one of their business friends or folks in their network is talking about their launch, I naturally come up in conversation and that's how most people find me. That said, I am definitely a millennial and I definitely spend a lot of time on Instagram. So I've got a lot of content over there as well that people love to follow just to get those extra tips and tricks and motivations and kind of industry insights that I have as a copywriter. Um, so I have quite a few followers over there as well. And people will come into my network, you know, sliding into my DMs, as it were. Okay, good. So hopefully some of those followers turn into clients or lead you to clients. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So so what does your ideal client look like? My ideal client is an established business owner. And by established, I mean they have vetted out their product. Um, whether... And I... I use product interchangeably with their service because I do exclusively work with service providers, but um, they they know what they're doing and they know that they do it well, as do other people. My ideal client is either in a phase of growth, as in they are growing their suite of offers, or they are ready to start scaling what they offer already. Um I say that because if somebody is just starting out, I think that's a great time to be scrappy with their copy and make sure that their offer and their messaging is actually targeting the right people. Because otherwise, you know, I could write words all day, but if we don't know who they're working with, they're not really worth anything. So, um, yeah, I work with established service providers who are ready to start selling a heck of a lot more and they're excited about it. A lot of times those folks have run out of time to write their own copy or they have written their own copy and they know that nailing that message is going to help their next launch really take off. Excellent. So it it sounds like your ideal client that you've described has to be able to describe their ideal client in order Mm -hmm. for you to do your work well. Yeah, that's a great way to put it, Brian. Yeah, that's exactly it. Okay. So let's let's uh, you know let's talk about the part of business that that everybody's in business for. In addition to like my, my basic philosophy is in business is have fun, help people, and make money. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, and uh, 
So to the make money um, aspect of it, uh, do you have any revenue goals, say, for the next 12 months? Honestly, my biggest goal is to maintain. Last year, I had a big growth year. Um, it was my second six-figure year. But at this point, when people hit their first six-figure year, a lot of times the word of choice becomes ready to scale. Take this and scale it. But for myself, I don't have any desire to scale in the conventional terms of I don't want to do a one-to-many program. I don't want to start coaching on this. That is something that um, I've explored the idea of, and it doesn't interest me. So right now I am about maintaining because I am so happy with where things are and the people that I get to work with that, you know, a lot of times people hit six figures and they start talking about seven. And for me, I am, uh, I made my first hires this year. I am really refining my processes and slowing down so that I can speed up again in the future. Um, but really the revenue goal for me, if I'm being a hundred percent honest is to maintain that low six figure income this year. And I, I don't see anything wrong with that. No, absolutely not. If, if you're happy with it and it's allowing you to do what you want to do, that's, mm -hmm. that's where you should stay. But even, uh, maintaining can sometimes be difficult. So do you, yes. do you see any particular challenges that would uh, get in your way from, allowing you to to maintain? Yeah, I think a lot of service providers saw at the beginning of this year that uh, there were significant challenges and that people started to uh, pinch their pennies when the economy began to decline. A lot of entrepreneurs are solopreneurs or they have contractors. I'm certainly a contractor on a lot of people's teams. And um I mean, that's just an external factor that we don't have a lot of control over. But something that I've done to overcome that is um, people have to realize that if they're going to target their ideal audience in times of economic decline, then they have to be speaking to them well and differentiating themselves. And a lot of times that comes from copy. So having that conversation with my clients or prospective clients has been really powerful because it is their messaging that's going to set them apart in a time like this. So you're, you're, uh, you're able to um, convince people or assure them or make them comfortable that the services that you provide to them mm -hmm. is going to be a benefit during a downtime rather yeah. than a detriment. Yes. Yeah, Good. exactly. Yeah, well, if you've got that secret, you ought to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, it kind of, comes back to what you said before of like my ideal client is um, you know someone who's very much like myself and I am changing my messaging to convince others that now is the time to change their messaging or perhaps not change it, but really refine it to help them stand out. Okay. So one, just to back up for a minute, you say yeah. you, you provide your service to service providers. So mm -hmm. When I when you say service provider to me, that could be anybody from somebody that sells insurance to installs air conditioning systems. Those mm -hmm. are all. So, do you have a specific niche in there, or uh, does it matter? It has often been coaches, but also um, my internships when I was in school were with financial institutions. So I have really solid financial literacy that it's hard for people like accountants and insurance agents and um, 
financial advisors to find. So I have had a lot of financial clients as well. Um, but ultimately it's the difference between services and products or e-commerce and service providers is much more vast than the difference between service providers themselves, because ultimately all service providers are communicating the transformation that they can provide people. Whereas in e-commerce, a lot of times that transformation ends at the sale service providers, um, that tra their transformation ends far after the sale and it's what they're able to provide and how they're able to change people's lives. Okay. All right. I got that. Yeah. So have you had, is the financial industry your favorite or do you expand beyond that? I do expand beyond it. Um, I work with, as I mentioned, a lot of coaches. Um, I love working with consultants, um, especially people who like me have a score escaped the corporate grind. Um, and, you know, a lot of people will come from the big four consultancies and go on their own to do consulting. Um, those folks are always great. But yeah, typically coaches, consultants, financial professionals um, are my bread and butter. Good, good. So how, how other, well, you mentioned referrals and you're mm -hmm. on Instagram, but yes. it, do you do anything else to attract them or do those two sources provide you with all the opportunities that you need? In my maintenance phase that I'm in right now, Brian, that has provided me with what I need. Um, it's something that as I look at my marketing plan for next year, when I would like to grow my revenue. And as I look at increasing my prices and hiring on additional consultants through my agent, or sorry, additional contractors through my agency, um, so that we can serve more clients. It's something that, um, I have helped so many people write their sales funnels and write the copy for their sales funnels that now it's time for me to put my own funnels out there and start using things like Facebook and Google ads to reach more people as well. Okay. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta spread the word Yes. and hopefully you're, you figure out the way, which is often a lot of people's challenge is to, to spread the word to the right audience mm -hmm. so that you're not talking to, to anybody. I got a, a, a good friend that part of what he does is design websites. And he said, mm -hmm. you know, if you don't set your website up to attract those people that you want to do business with, it's, it's, it's uh, similar to a very large billboard in the middle of the desert. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nobody's going to know how to find it. And if they do, it doesn't mean much to them anyway. Right. So, Good. So what what opportunities do you have sitting in front of you right now that are going to help you uh, maintain and get ready for uh, a little growth next year? Yeah, I'm working on some templates and the, that's something where folks who are not ready to invest in a copywriter, whether it be a time or monetary investment, can pull templates and write really great sales copy themselves. And I am working on also the funnels that will lead to that. So free resources that ultimately lead to marketing funnels that lead to those templates, template sales. Um, I've got that. I've also got a couple of speaking opportunities lined up for next year. And I'm very actively looking for in-person events where other service providers are hanging out. Um, 
In that vein, I'm looking at things like FinCon, which is where a lot of the financial professionals are and financial startups, uh, FinTech startups go to um, and other events like that. Um, so if anybody listening to this has great examples of events that I should be at, please reach out to me on Instagram or via email and let me know because I don't know what I don't know yet. Yeah, that's and and I from what I, um, I guess trade shows and promotional events are, are kind of similar. I way back in the day, I attended a few trade shows that were as boring and non-productive as could be because of <laughs> everybody in there was just kind of exchanging information with one another. But I've also been in shows where people are actually looking for something that can benefit them. Yes. And uh, you have the opportunity to, uh, to interact with them personally, get to know them better, let them get to know you. And you've got mm -hmm. a much higher percentage of, of finding a, a connection and be able to collaborate and work together. So, yeah. but as you say, for your particular specialty, finding the appropriate place to do that may, may be a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's again, it's kind of the blessing and the curse of not having a very specific niche, right? Like I don't only work with financial professionals and I've done that very consciously. I like having diverse clients and getting to work with all different kinds of people. Um, but then the curse of that is that then I'm not the financial professionals copywriter. Um, so it, it does make it tough to find the right events and really vet out exactly what rooms I should or shouldn't be in. Well, you can you can say that you're the financial professionals copywriter at an event for financial professionals. True. Um, just as a, a quick story, a good friend of mine was a CEO of a small banking group and got involved in uh, behavioral analysis and certified and all that stuff. And and, you know, was helping salespeople, managers, business owners. At least that was his intent. And he was shotgunning it, you know, because he he knew that what he offered would be beneficial to anybody and everybody. But um, that just doesn't help from a marketing perspective or a credibility perspective in some cases. So he bought a table at a trade show for wholesale grocers or wholesale food suppliers, excuse me, Okay. Uh, and was passing out his flyers. And one guy came up and he said, hey, are you a specialty with wholesale uh, with wholesale food brokers? And uh, he was smart enough to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden, his business took off like crazy. And then he decided to go to, you know, a trade show for somebody else and become that specialty. So mm -hmm. it, one way is to you, you can you can spread your ability above and beyond. But with each group that you're talking to, you've got to be the go to person in that in that arena. Yes. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's not really being dishonest. It's just being specifically honest <laughs> in right. a particular situation. So, right, right. You never want to misrepresent yourself. But um, like you said, you know, he was smart enough to say yes in that moment, because the difference to that person was simply him asking if he what that person was asking him in that moment was, are you qualified to do this for me? Right. And exactly. the answer was yes. Yep, exactly. So if you uh, if you maintain as you wish this year and you get ready to to expand and grow a little bit next year uh, and all of that happens, what would that mean for your business and for you personally? 
Yeah, um, that's a great question. I am very interested in real estate investing. So financially, that would have a huge impact on what I'm able to do for myself in my retirement. As entrepreneurs, the concept of retirement gets a little bit fuzzy, I think, especially those of us who started off in corporate, where we had this very clear line of contribute a certain amount to your 401k, add a little extra here and there, you know, maybe a Roth or something if you can. And then around age 60, you go and smoke cigars on the beach or whatever it is that you decide to do for the rest of time. Um, and for me, um, I would love to get into real estate investing, specifically real estate syndications. And to be able to do that, you have to have a good chunk of change up front. And that is my goal. I've been saving for that. But when I am able to grow my business in a sustainable way, it means one that I'm able to take some time away from my business a little bit more easily. I have a business manager now and I do have a junior copywriter, but with more of those folks who are, who have been with me through this phase, they will be comfortable taking the reins on things when I get to the next phase in business, when we're bringing in more individuals that we can help, more companies that we can write for. Um, and that will provide the space for me to do a little bit more traveling, go off the grid a little bit, which is something I haven't been able to do in the last couple of years um, without totally abandoning my business in the process. <laughs> so take a little bit more time away um, and be able to set myself up for more financial freedom in the future. So really leveraging that financial advantage now to be able to really lean on it later on down the road. Great. That's that's a very worthwhile goal. It sounds like a, a, an interest in, your interest in investing in real estate and your uh, life as a nomad, if I yes. can use that term, mm -hmm. it, it might not be a bad idea to invest in individual properties in multiple locations and Airbnb them or VRBO them. Mm -hmm. and you want to use them for yourself. But yes, uh, you know, that's because I know I know some people that do that and, and uh, uh, they're happy with it. So, I mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I think with the home values, the way that they are right now, it's not something that aspect is something that has always interested me, but less so in the last year or two since property values have skyrocketed, at least in the U.S. Um, but there's also a lot of countries where you can get a permanent residency or a permanent visa if you invest in real estate in those countries. And that's something I mean, that interests me as well. So, yeah. Um, I, I know what my revenue goals are for that and how much I would like to invest in it. It's just waiting to see which, which right opportunity happens first. Right. Yeah. You gotta be uh, judicious about that selection. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay. So we're getting, getting toward the end here. Is there anything that I, uh, I didn't ask and should have that you'd like to offer some insight on or any final thoughts? Um, that's a great question. I think ultimately, of course, I'm a copywriter. So of course, I think that it's incredibly valuable for people. But um, it all comes down to messaging. And messaging means touching the right people at the right times and explaining your value in a way that feels right to them. Um, and that can be really tough for people. So I always joke that every single person I've written for knows how to write they can write their emails and websites and whatever other copy they need. But sometimes it's the most valuable part of copywriting is that outside perspective. 
and the way that a copywriter can save you the time and energy and headache on creating your own copy. So um, yeah, that's kind of my, my big point when it comes to copy is that everybody can write, but when you're scaling, you should choose individuals in every aspect of your business who can do it better than you can. Absolutely. The uh, one of my favorite definitions of achieving success is to, to stick with what you enjoy and you're good at and surround your pe yourself with a bunch of smart people that do the other things that you need. Yes. Yeah. And hopefully those smart people are doing the stuff that they enjoy and are good at as well. Yep. A hundred percent. I okay. agree. So uh, how do people get a hold of you? You your website, nomad. Uh, copyagency.com, correct? And uh, yes. Instagram and such? Yeah, I'm on Instagram at nomad.copy. I'm online at nomadcopyagency.com. And my email address is samantha at nomadcopyagency.com. Great. So everybody needs to spread the word. And uh, obviously, Samantha is good at doing it in in her particular niche and, and way. So she'd be worth talking to. Samantha, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. I really enjoyed you as a guest on the show and I, I hope it was beneficial for you. Thank you, Brian. All right, thanks.